The Old Gold Club. Powered by Wolverhampton Building Supplies. The one-stop shop for all your building and DIY products. So hello there and welcome to the Old Gold Club podcast uh, with me, Mikey Burrows and Chris Uelamo. I'm laughing because Mick McCarthy, our guest this week, has just jumped back in his seat by me. This is my <laughs> this is my presenting voice, Mick. This is what I do. You've never seen this before. <laughs> Look at him chuckling. Welcome, by the way. Thank you. No, I haven't seen it before. So Yeah, but we we go back quite a bit from when I was a young reporter. Starting out covering wolves. Did I treat you well? You did treat me well, yeah. I'm pleased that was <laughs> nice to hear. And I was thinking back to some of the stories from before, because we've just been telling some of the guys in the room here about um, a little trick that you used to play where you used to try and pretend that you were going to cover members of the media in a, 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 in a yeah. in well, let's not tell everybody. Let's not give, yeah, yeah. Let's not give the game away. Let's not give the game away, because I might be doing it again somewhere. I'll go back to my... Uh, like you were one of the big reasons why I came to to this club. You know, obviously, you know Wolves, the history, the, the club itself. But I think uh, as a manager, you know, when you see a player that you want or that you're interested in, how how important is it for you to actually have that have that that one to one chat if it's face if it's over the phone because it's not you'll know what his football qualities are, mm. but you still need to know the character of the player because that's probably just as important when you bring someone into the dressing room, is it, it not? It is important and it's it's it, it's it's become even more evident to me when I did meet one player and I wished I'd never signed him because of how he was when he came in. Uh, that might become evident later on. But anyway, uh, and it was here. It was at Wolves. OK. And I should have... I should have made the decision then, but I didn't like... What you see? What I saw, but I liked him as a player. And yet I'm, I've always been personality based me I think and, and how people are you remember the team we had with great personalities in there they're all good people I thought uh, so yeah I, I like to meet them wanted to meet you and I always think it's important that you meet me as well yeah. if I'm trying to sign you uh, and I always am I being arrogant about it I don't think so I think I've got a personality when I meet them and I talk to the player I've got a good chance of convincing them to come and play for me play for the team I'm managing Not, and play for me of course uh, and it's it's generally worked. It's and I don't know. I think it's important, and it's important that you see me and what I tell you and what you say to me as well. So it worked anyway. You did all right here, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember it? You remember I was on holiday and you gave me a call because I think Charlton had offered me oh, as, yes. a, as a swap deal. Yes, and you 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 said I think you introduced yourself. Obviously, I knew you anyway. Because yeah. Pards was there, wasn't it? Pards was Pards. Pards, yeah. It was, yeah. And it was uh, it was his chief scout that had offered for Wardy to go the other way. Yes. Uh, and uh, yeah, I remember it was it was like a dream come true for me. And well, first, I, the first day I had to go and chat. I spoke to you basically every day yeah. from that first day that we spoke every day. But they'd made it very evident, and it, and it went through. Yeah, which was that's right. Actually, I, I can't remember every day I did because. But now you've that's just reminded me of what it was with Paz because. And I, I couldn't believe that actually they were willing to let you go. Yeah. You know, but we, we all think that. If you're trying to sign a play, you're kind of excited by it. If you're trying to get shut of one, you're kind of excited about the ones coming in in exchange. And when I got to find out about that, I did. I had to do loads of calls. I was spinning plates there for a while, thinking it might not happen. But, but I you brought folks in as well, remember? So it was I'd, one of them. Yeah, I'd got, you, I'd, I'd got you on the hook. As a, yeah. You know, I'd got you wanting to come here. And that was the biggest thing, that you were wanting to come. You wanted to come and play at Wolves. Yeah. We'd got a good team, vibrant team. We were going places. Uh, 
And it's always the player. It's always the player. But if you want to come, it, it shouldn't matter what the agent says or the other manager says, I've got you wanted to come and play for me. Yeah, and Vokes, he came in. It's funny, I, went, I saw him there play for Stoke the other night. That's a long time ago. Watched him he play at Wrexham one night. He was playing there. That was right. I remember... Uh, it was at Wrexham. He was playing for Wales under-21s uh, against David Wheater. Another one, another one I had here. Uh, and he batted him. He was, he was different class that night. Played really well. I think on his day, Voxy. Uh, again, he just needed to get those minutes in the legs, didn't he? You can throw him on. I think when he started a couple of matches, he never quite was had that kind of impact. But then coming off the bench, but he's he's went away. And I, he got aggression. Yeah, he, he had it all. He had it all. He learned how to use his physicality. Yeah. And I remember playing against Niall Quinn when he was, I was going to say he was a big tall, he's a big tall fella still, but he was, he was a big six foot six skinny kid yeah. playing for him against Arsenal. And I played for him against Manchester City and he'll tell you, I booted him all over the pitch, jumped all over him, smashed him. And eventually, I remember him swinging an arm and elbow at me and thankfully he was bigger than me and I ducked and he missed. I didn't, I didn't knock me out. Uh, and Quinn, he didn't know how to use his body. He was big and tall and gangly, he didn't know how to use his body. And then when he did get, and he put a bit of beef on and he could handle himself, he was a brilliant player, Quinny. Then you can't bully him. Voxy, who, who I signed, he didn't know how to do it. He had the physical presence, didn't he? Yeah. He was a big lad. Yeah. But I saw him when he was playing for Burnley with, with Daichi. He knew how to do it then. The centre-halves yeah, used to get a bit of a batter and he's, yeah. he's improved no end. He's, uh, he's had a good career out of it. Because how much pride did you get out of, I guess, seeing people like him and, and even Stephen Ward and David Jones and even, you know, in the last couple of years, these guys have still had lengthy Premier League careers. I've got uh, immense pleasure and satisfaction out of the fact that players that are signed for... Free transfers, small fees, uh, have gone on and had really good careers, and I'd, you know, I'd, I'd like to think I've helped them. I know TC being here and Taff when he was here, helped them, coached them, worked with them. I think give them advice on lots of different things, not just on the football. They've helped them go on and be good players. I mean, kites who came in twenty-five grand, yeah. that was an amazing. Stephen Ward, who's had a great career, I, I, I took him on a a trial at Sunderland before I came here and he wasn't good enough and I let him go. Then Dave Bowman, who's been my chief scout and you know one of my best buds for, for, for years and years, he was 40 odd years now from Barnsley, he kept in touch with him and he's doing well for Bowes and we signed him. He's gone on and had 50, 60 international caps and played he, in the he, Premier League. He was a striker as well. He was a, I don't yeah, know, he was. He was a striker, come left winger. And that little moment with George Ellie Kobe, away at switch, then all of a sudden you're thinking, who can I put in? Absolutely. The thing about Wardy was... That was Charlton, can you remember the game? It was Charlton away made his debut at left back. Oh, he made, yeah, Charlton away, but we George beat, got injured oh, against yeah. Ipswich. Yeah, and I just I remember that. But Wardy was one of those players. Like I was a striker. I never challenged. I never slid across the floor. It was one mm. of them. I was Wardy was a, a one of, he was a tackling centre forward. Yeah. You know, but he was he had everything as well. But what you what you've done, you've seen something in him, a quality that. Like you say, that's, that's gave him a career that he yeah. probably would never have got if he stayed in the position that he wanted to stay in. Well, because he was of that ilk going around tackling people, yeah. and, he, and he'd been a left winger. He, he was a left winger come striker. But he was he was, he was was one of them... He, I always liked him to Kev Kilban. Now, Kev Kilban was a bit like that. Yeah. He ended up playing at left-back, yeah. but that was long, late in his career. Wardy's made a career out of a left-back because he was like that tough tackling centre-forward. He was a... It was like a, almost like a Gaelic footballer playing, you know, when you're playing in Ireland, you've got to be tough. 
and I remember making the decision to do it and I, I, I remember vividly watching him play and I was laughing I said to TC we just found the next slip next slip back here he's unbelievable he went headed it he went and tackled he got forward and put crosses in and fair play to him he's, he's made a great career out of it um, talking about spotting players the now longest serving player at this football club who just signed a new contract recently Matt Doherty yes no, that's we this this is with Dave Bowman as well who, who said he was our chief scout here my chief scout and he's, he was at Ipswich he's still there but he's working with me as well uh, we've been following we followed the teams in Ireland there's a kid playing for Bowes Matt Doherty and apparently he would heard good things so I said well if you can play against us in the pre-season uh, friendly and he did and I just liked what he saw like what I saw he was just a kid uh, and I have to say, when we brought him over, it, it didn't just—it wasn't all sweetness and light and bells and whistles for him. He came over, and I think he found it tough. Yeah, I know he went out on loan, but that happens with lots of kids, and especially from Ireland, they come over, they do miss being at home. Uh, and I look at him now, and what a wonderful player he is. But he's a different lad. He's trimmer. He's leaner. He's more professional. <laughs> He's he's but he's made himself into it. But yes, we did recognise that raw talent, and I signed him from Bose for hundred grand. I think it was. Why yeah. doesn't that penny drop with everyone? You've said there he's realised that he's more professional, he's leaner, he's stronger. Why doesn't why doesn't it? Oh, good question. I wish I knew the answer to that, Chris. I would write a book about it, and yeah. I'd have to stop. I'd be able to stop working then. Like, Not that I would, because I enjoy doing that more than anything. <laughs> but. It, it, I, some people say to me that I say it's not rocket science. Yeah. I, I, there's a, and I, I've said it and I've said it to him. The lad, I watched last night. I watched Derby versus Millwall and Jack Marriott was playing, <clears throat> and Jack played for me at, at Ipswich. Didn't play for me. He played for the 18s, 21s, and he came back one pre-season and they lapped him in treating. Pre- he was he was so overweight, so out of condition, and he could always score. But if he didn't score. You wouldn't get anything else from him. That always sounds bonkers, that. But that you know that. Players, you didn't always score, but you always contributed. So you're going to get a game in it. You're going to play You're going to, because you'll contribute. You'll, you'll create other things. You'll do stuff. You'll defend. That's fine. And, and in a team, and it is about a team, that's about individuals, they've got to do that. And he went off on loan, did okay, went off, got another club, did, went to Luton, started doing it, and then he went to Peterborough. And we were playing Peterborough in the pre-season friendly. And I said to the lads... We're going to have to score two today because Jack Marriott will score against us. And he'd, suddenly his career is starting to blossom. And I saw him after the game and I said to him, I said, well done. I said, I'm really, you know, I said, I'm, re- I'm really proud of you. See, we, and everybody to a man said we should let him go. I said, but uh, where's your little fat brother that used to play for me? <laughs> <laughs> and of course he went gaffer, like, don't, don't do me, you know. I said, and he laughed at me. And, and I said, you know, I'm, he went, he just he went yeah 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 he knew I said look I'm really proud that you've gone on to do well and delighted for you because we all knew you could score a goal but he's lean and chiselled and he's at Derby he's gone for five million quid so and I hope if he is this I'm not being offensive to him because I'm not because I said it to him personally this is not you know and he knew I would I wouldn't say anything here that I wouldn't say to yeah. that person personally <clears throat> and uh, if, that, that, if there's a lesson to anybody he looked like he was going to go out of the game. And here he is at Derby playing in one of the teams that's going for promotion and he's a blooming good player and a, you know, and he's working his socks off. Lean, mean, fighting machine now. So, 
lesson for everybody, I think. Well, we were, because we've talked a lot about um, Matt in recent weeks, because we had James Henry in recently, who's obviously played in front of him and, yeah. and seen the transition in him. And you look at, um, I think because he's become a family man in recent years, and whether that changes you as a footballer, the older Of course it does, yes. Uh, I think I was, I was, I was very fortunate in, uh, in the fact that I've, I've known my wife, to be honest, since we were kids, we went to junior school together, which is a bit of an oddity, I know that. But anyway, um, we've been married 39 years this year. Uh, but I think I was saying to Chris there the other day, I said, when you're, when you're an ugly one, like I am, when the good-looking one comes along first time round, you grab her and hold on to her. You don't let go, you know. So wherever she goes, I'll follow her. It's not the other way around. Uh, and so I've had that stability uh, all the time. And I think if you have got, uh, if you you know, if you are young and single as a footballer, then there are temptations in the way and there are other things other than actually going home to your wife and your kids and, and providing for them. And it, it, it does, things are thrown in your way and, you know, it's difficult. That is a different, and plus you, li you can be living on your own. I know lots of lads have chefs now. They've got enough money to do it. But when, you know, Chris is playing, I'm playing, we yep. wouldn't be getting a chef in to make yep. our meals. So that they, they can compensate for all those things, but it does make a difference. Yeah, your family does. When you have kids, it gives you a different perspective on on their life. Well, of course, you now get an opportunity to work with Matt again with Ireland. Um, why have you gone back? Why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't it's a great opportunity? Uh, when I left, it wasn't what I wanted to do. But, it, but all the circumstances from the two thousand and two World Cup, which I'm not going to go into, of course. Yeah. Uh, it kind of it, it almost left it, it. I always knew if we lost a couple of games, it was going to be untenable. So it would have, after that, it would have to win all the games, yeah. or see you. So I went, and, and it was the right thing to do. Uh, I missed out the European Championships by a 94th minute goal in Macedonia, which I'd, I'd like to rectify that and qualify for the Euros. And it's a job I'm just humbled and immensely proud to have done in the first place, and even more so getting a second opportunity to do it. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. Because uh, do you miss though not being able to work with players day in and day out? Yes, I do. Because and, and I do, and I think I have effect on them as well. I think I, I get the best out of them. I think I, can, I do coach them, uh, and, I, and I manage them. I think I help players become better, uh, and that's a real thrill when you do that. If you get somebody, and you know, and, uh, here kites is the one that we took for twenty-five grand, but. I remember his first day of training and everybody went, who the hell's that? I remember Breeny saying, who's that? Just got signed him from Grays, you know, it was incredible when you, you... But then you see how he's gone and had a career. And lots of others, lots of others that... Yeah, I, I take a great deal of satisfaction out of that. So I can't do that now. Yeah. But nevertheless, I, hopefully I can have an effect on the team and we can play well and qualify. Will you go back into club management at some point? Probably, because if, if you know, at my... My tenure here was is this for one competition for the Euros, and uh, Stephen Kenny, who was the manager of Dundalk, is taking over. So my my wish, my desire, is to get the Euros do well, and then I think I'll be a a commodity somebody else might want. Of course, <laughs> I think you know. I look at the Championship. I think my my record in the Championship stands up against pretty much anybody else. So I'd like to think there'd be a job there and I'm still hungry to do it. I miss the day-to-day, -day, but this is a great job. Because do you think there's an element sometimes now where um, with the best one in the world, you get to a certain age and clubs start to look, they want a, a young 
mind you. And your point is. <laughs> but you know what I mean? You're treading carefully. I know you're being yeah, really yeah, yeah. sensitive here about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was 60 the other week. 60 is the new 40. It, it's the. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. You know what I mean. I know for what you mean. You're saying you're getting old, Mick. Do you think you'll get another job? I fully understand what you're saying. And you're dead right. Because, sorry, Chris, I, I, I'm, at, I'm at work in April and all my mates and anybody in football will be saying, you'll get another job, you, your record in the championship will get. So April, May goes, June goes, July goes, August goes, September goes, October goes, November goes. And then I go back to a job I've already done where yeah. people know the job I did and trust me in terms of doing it and want me to go back, which is brilliant. Because yeah. if you've ever been at a club <clears throat> and they want you back, it means, or at any job, you obviously did a good job the time before. <clears throat> But it is getting more and more difficult, and I think it's there's more and more young, very very wealthy players that can go into it. They just right, I want to be a manager, and it's it's kind of the sexy yeah. image to take them on as well, yeah. over and above some of the older guys. And I'll cite Neil Warnock. I look at Warnock; he's great, he's seventy, still doing it. He ain't got a grey hair in his head either. either. That's happening. There's a bit of there's a bit of dye going on. He's just a very lucky man. And I played with Warnock. I played with Neil Warnock at Barnsley. Uh, I see Steve Bruce still doing it, and I'm still doing it. And there's there's some of the older ones, you know, uh, Tony Pulis up at yeah. Borough, <coughs> all who have had pretty much sustained success in the game. Because uh, what about motivating players? Because uh, the one thing that fans will always look at is the amount of money that's in the game now. And the question that we will always look and go, well, if someone's earning that amount of money, are they different to deal with now than years back? Yes, of course they are. But uh, that was levelled years back. You know, players years ago, they said they got getting too much money. Uh, and how do you motivate them? I think fundamentally, players are motivated to play football anyway and they want to play. And I read Carlo, Ancel Carlo Ancelotti's book, which I thought was wonderful. I really liked Carlo. He was the manager when we played Chelsea and I got on great with him. And uh, he was actually in that World Cup team that we lost to in 1990 and I was in that squad. But in it he says, and he's, he's managed Real Madrid, he's managed Chelsea, he's managed PSG, he's, managed, he's an Italian, is he? he's now, <clears throat> where is he now? In Italy, I should know. I watched his team, Napoli. Uh, his quote in the book was, it's, it's not my job to motivate players, it's my job not to demotivate players. Well, there's, a, there's a quote I thought, and I, I loved it. I thought, you know what, that's right. And we go back to what we were talking about before, about uh, players don't down tools on managers, but the way managers treat them can have a gradual erosion of <laughs> their wanting to play for him. You always want to play for yourself, you always want to play for the club. <clears throat> You always want to play for the fans, of course, unless they're all giving you dogs abuse. But if you're giving your dogs abuse, you generally won't play anyway. But you want to play for that. You, you want to be successful. You don't want the player playing against you to beat you. You don't want the team you're playing for to lose. But there can be a, a gradual drip, 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 Chinese torture that makes you play. If it's 5% yes, yeah. less, if I'm playing against Chris, that big lump across, and I'm a big lump here, if I'm on my on my game, I'm going to be battering him, and he's going to want to be battering me. But if he's five percent less, he knows I'm, I'm going to win that battle. I'm going to win it because I'm, I'm out there thinking right. I'm happy at the club. 
I love going in training, I'm happy at home, everything's okay with me. Yes, you'd have some bad games, but I get in that season, you'll probably play 80% of them right at your maximum. You can't be feeling that way. So motivating players, I think is as much about not demotivating them. Wherever they come in, they come in, they enjoy training, they come in enjoying being in the building. They don't have to be my friend, but they, have to, they want to respect me for how I treat them. Uh, and I, I think that's a real important factor in my job. Because uh, I'm the determining factor on a Monday morning when they come in. We've lost on Saturday, and I've had managers when we've lost on Saturday. I knew Monday was going to be awful, Tuesday was going to be slightly less, but it was going to be awful. We might get Wednesday off unless he decides we're going to have a punishment running day. <laughs> and then on Thursday, when he's got over it all, he'd come in all sweet and say, hey, hey, and he wants me, <laughs> yes. and wants me to be joking with him. Yeah. And I'm, he's yeah. destroyed my personality for three days, yeah. and then he wants me to be all sweet and nice with him. And I'm going, if I'm not going to swear, but you know what I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> and there's three Fs in it. That's what I'm thinking. And I'm, and I'm thinking that is exactly what I'm thinking to him. So now he's now got to get me back on side for Thursday and Friday. What is yeah, all that? Yeah. So the responsibility of the coach, the manager, is to have, and I think is to be consistent in your behaviour, win, lose or draw. And I've, you've worked for me and I'd yeah. like to think, yes, I know if we've had a bad defeat, I might come in and have a growl. Yeah. But... It's not a. It's not a you personally. It's, a, it's the situation that's happening. Then, but by the time I've had my growl, I'm cool. And my my view Monday morning was I used to watch the games, and by the time the players were coming in, I'd watched it. I'd I'd, I'd reason why what had happened had happened. How we can deal with it? Can we change it? You said to me, I've got to apologise to Carl Henry for something, when. I'd had a go at him about it, yeah. but I'd seen it Monday morning, and I've, and I've got my head back on then. Yeah. And there's there's calm within the building. There's a consistency. So this is that's that's that for me is 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 how you motivate people. You all this about going, come on, you get that's nonsense. That's that's, that's rubbish. It's rubbish. Poor player management. You know what I mean? I think uh, I think what <coughs> Dyche said. It's like uh, managing many companies within one big company. But player management is so important. Something with yourself that I noticed, okay, you, you you said earlier about, yeah, you couldn't believe that I was available. You brought me into the club. I think I had a good pre-season, but you still had the loyalty to Sylvan and, and Keo mm -hmm. to start them against Plymouth away. That it was like a punch in the face to me. But mm -hmm. then, just as quick as that, I scored a couple of goals against Accrington on Tuesday and I start against Sheffield Wednesday in the next game. So it's all about managing players, but it must be the hardest thing to keep players at it. Andy Keel was the best trainer. Every day he was he was at it, wasn't he, the levels. And I remember I had a... We've had this chat on the, on, on the phone, and I remember I, uh, I'm i sitting top goal scorer. I went two or three games without scoring, and that, that chap came out the... <laughs> I remember all the phones get put away. Because you had that... It was one of them, you came in, never said anything to anyone. You start whistling as you're on the on the toilet. You come through looms, such and such. I'll see you after. And I know I'm getting dropped. And I remember we had this just in the dressing room. A curly you, finger, a curly course, finger yeah, there, was it? Yeah. And I've said <laughs> yeah. to you, after I'm sitting top goal scorer, and he actually said to me, he says, uh, "When can I put Keo in? He trains the way that he does. If I don't put him in now, that you haven't scored for two, three games, doesn't matter if you're." And I, and we've had this chat, and you laugh. Sylvan probably got a little bit more. He could he could have a little bit go a little bit longer without scoring. But again, that was. Management, isn't it? I come out of that thinking I can't, I can't really argue with the gaffer there. No, devastated as I was, 
But again, I was honest with you though. I that's didn't, all, that's I didn't, all I put in the answer. You're not been playing as well as you should be. Or we've got a squad of players that need to play. And yeah. if if I'm just blindsided to to everybody else and I can't see it and just loyal to something. And you're right, Sylvan did get a bit of levity that, that others wouldn't have got because. Great story, and it is a good story because I'm I'm stood watching a game and I can't remember who it was against. Can't remember, and I'm I'm stood at the the, the technical area and Taff is stood there, sat in the dugout or stood there, and it, I keep turning around. We, it's nil nil. We really need to win it, and I keep turning around and I'm looking at the bench. So after a while, Taff walks up behind me, taps me on the shoulder, he says, "Don't even think about it." So I said, what? I knew he went. He said, you're thinking about making a sub, aren't you? You're thinking about changing. I went, yeah. He said, there's nobody better on the bench than you've got on the pitch. I said, I know. But every time I look round, I'm hoping something's changed <laughs> and I can get a bit of inspiration. <laughs> so, And Sylvan's nowhere near, and I'm, I'm considering hook it anyway. 1-0 we win. Who scores? Yeah. Sylvan. And he's been having one. He's not. He's not contributed anything. But you, you, at that time, for those eighteen months, two years, you could rely on him, and you know, take him off or not. Not. I, I think I would have left him out at some stage. I don't know. But he, he was just goals. He was goals. And, and another time, I'm, I'm, we're at Watford, and you, we're playing. He got two goals, a flick on from you, and something else. And I'm shouting, Looms. Tell him to drop in. We used to play four four two, but one to drop in on that city midfield player. Tell that lazy to drop back. No, Gaffer, I'm all right, I'll do it. No, I said, No, you're gonna have a heart attack. He's getting all the goals and all the plaudits, and nobody realizes what you're doing. Tell that lazy so and so. Oh, he's okay. And oh, he wouldn't do it. But he got the goals. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think we beat them three or something, yeah, Watford that day. Yeah, he got the goal at the end, didn't he? Yeah. But oh wow. I mean it is uh, so Going back to what you're saying is that you know some some players might get a bit more freedom because yeah. it wasn't that I couldn't rely on you to do your stuff, but I needed goals, goals, win games, as yeah, we all know. Did, yeah. And Keo was the same. So I guess you two were always going to be the foil. Keo would be running in the channel and closing people down. Sylvan scores. I'd like to think I always recognise the contribution of the others around them, but everybody recognises goals. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. By the way, can we just mention, when you said Curly Finger Day, it reminded me of when TC was in, and a few of the other lads who've been in as well mentioned this. If ever there was someone who you wanted to speak to, you would send TC to go and get them, yeah. and they'd hide from TC. Yeah. <laughs> you knew they were going to hide Oh, yeah, from. yeah, yeah, yeah. Friday morning, it'd be Thursday, Friday morning, I might be doing the shape on Thursday, and you've got to tell them, because, by the way... There are some managers who won't tell them, and they just they just announce they go out on the training ground, and give the bibs out, and somebody who played on Saturday is waiting for a bib and doesn't get one. Yeah. That is the oh the, the the that is horrible. I don't like doing it because as the teams go round, the players are looking and they realise that you know Freddie hasn't got a bib, and they're all waiting for the reaction then. Yeah, and of course that destroys his training session. That. Of course it does. So if I've told them before, yeah. at least they come out knowing it and, and they've got their head around it for that hour. And Because and, I'd be saying to them, look, you've got to train because what happens if the guy I'm putting in instead of you gets injured today in training? I'll be putting you back in unless you go out there and train 
and show me your dissent and your disappointment. And if you just give them the bibs out, that's what you get. So yeah, TC will be sent out and he'll be going looking for him. Have you seen that? Have you seen Looms? Have you seen... No, I just he was in the physio that minute. Have you seen Looms? No, I've just seen him in the boot room. And it's like... well, Kevin Foley said, if TC couldn't find him, you couldn't drop him. <laughs> well, I don't think that was the case. I think, I think Foley's got that one wrong somehow. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like an exocet. You know it's coming, but you don't know when. And he's going to land at some stage. <laughs> I love it. We have so much more that we're going to talk about, obviously, through because it's six years and it, there's so many highs within that six years that we're going to talk about when we get into our Facebook show properly in a moment. Don't forget, as ever, if there's anything you want us to talk about on this part of the podcast, we are... Um, podcast we are old gold club at wolves.co.uk at wolves across social media as well mick mccarthy is our guest this week and the show is coming next wolverhampton building supplies is your one-stop shop for all building and diy products and now they're giving listeners of the old gold club an extra 10 percent off of the already low prices it doesn't matter if you're a professional builder or just looking to put up a shelf at home just tell them in store that you listen to the Old Gold Club and you'll get an even better price in store. So check them out online at wolverhamptonbuildingsupplies.co.uk Then head to their yard at 372 Bilston Road, Wolverhampton or give them a call on 01902 500 140. Welcome along to the Old Gold Club. I'm Mikey Burrows. Alongside me, as ever, is Chris Awellamo. And our guest this week spent six years as manager at Molyneux, taking charge of 269 matches, winning promotion and the championship title, and three seasons in the Premier League as well. Welcome to the Old Gold Club, Mick McCarthy. Thanks, Mikey. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Weird to be back. It always is, actually, yeah, walking through... Uh... Nice to be back, and I, I mean, see so many friendly faces. I don't include you two in that, of course. <laughs> but I do see so many friendly faces when I come back. And but it's strange. It's just you know when you've left a place, Chris. I don't know what you're like. If you ever go back to a club you've played at, it, it's it's nice to go back. But you always, I feel like I'm trespassing as well. It's somebody else's gig now, so it, it's strange. I mean, when you've been the manager, maybe it's different. But it's lovely to be back. I always enjoy it. Because yeah. you, you've been back, obviously, as manager a couple of times, and always had a pretty decent reception. I thought very time. good. Yeah, very good. Yeah, um, I don't know, three times is it? Three times, and always got well received. Yeah. Well, I think look, I had a good time here. I enjoyed it. You just, it's, you know, when you get the sack in, eventually, it's usually going going wrong, but. What six seasons, six years almost? It was. Yeah. I had a wonderful time. Loved it. Yeah, that, it says it says a lot, you know. Obviously, getting that reception, you know, you you brought a lot of success. I remember when I always came up against Wolves before I came, and it was like if you get in their faces, the fans can turn and use that. But I never really experienced that here. From the minute we walked in, it was just it was it was great times, wasn't it? Yes, it was. We had, we had a good team. I mean, I, I, I looked at some of the comments. Uh, Recently, I looked at the summary of the seasons because I've, I've been at Ipswich since and I can't remember every single game I've been at and played 965 games as a manager. But it was about the, the how when I came in, in in 2006, we changed it to young and hungry and, you know, it, yeah, it was young and hungry 
because we ain't got any money we were skint that's right that's the, this is, yeah. so that was my that was my uh, design by me because what I didn't want to do is take in old pros I think that had been done before here and so we did we went for younger and hungry uh, if somebody had said here's 20 million you can spend that maybe it would have been a different thought process but it wasn't I understood when I got the job and, and there was a really there was a great environment created and, and I think people coming here with a great desire to play for Wolves yeah. and do well because we go back to the your first press conference where you the famous saying where you said MM stands for Mick McCarthy not Merlin the Magician <laughs> that, that was off the cuff by the way I hadn't thought about that <laughs> and the reason being because I, almost I'd, I'd walked into what is a, a really big club that was uh, languishing and by the way people expecting to get relegated but the press conference was all talking about how big a club it was and you know getting back to the Premier League. And I've walked into a club that's got... If you look at the players that left that season, and I'd still got Paul in, so didn't know whether he was coming in or whether he was going. He wanted the manager's job, whether they're going to give it. There was some suggestion it was a racist thing because I'd got the job and he hadn't. There was all sorts of going on. And I'd, I'd only got about 10 players at the time. And you lot... If I'm including you in I that. wasn't there at the time. Well, me. I'm still including you, whether you're there or not. <laughs> the press, it was almost like I was going to get turn the club around there and then. And I'm just thinking, that's when I said, hold on a minute, it's Mick McCarthy, not Merlin the Magician. It wasn't what I thought. But, of course, all the players that were brought in, it, 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 it turned it around. We did end up playing in the playoffs that year. Yeah. How much harder does that make that decision to bring in young, hungry players? Because that first season... You probably surpassed the expectation, you know, getting into the playoffs. That that brings greater expectation in itself, doesn't it? Yeah, we had we had some experience as well. You know, we had Breeny in the team, and uh, it was funny because uh, Jay Bothroyd came in almost immediately, and my love hate relationship yeah. went down, down with Jay for about three seasons. But he did he did well, but still it was it, it gave it an experienced bit as well. But you know, I'm thinking about. And I can't remember when they all came in, but Kevin Foley and Matt Jarvis, and they maybe were a bit later on for anybody who's listened to this and saying that didn't happen then. But there was still that element of young, hungry, and relatively cheap players coming into the building. But what I really liked about it, they were all they were all wanted to go up. They weren't lads who coming into Wolves and thinking, well, I'll have a nice little career yep. here, and I've, I'm on the way down. I'll get well paid. These were hungry to succeed and it, it pretty much worked because people forget I think that um, you know obviously in your first season you had Matt Murray who then you lose on the eve of the playoffs and yeah. and have to make that thing and then you've had in the second season you've got Shale Fignano who's a big part of the team and then he goes yeah. so by the time you get to the promotion year you've already kind of gone through these stages of, of building that team together yeah well one of, one of the one of the best signings I had and he's much maligned is Kyle Henry and uh, it was funny because I, I remember when uh, when Steve Morgan took the job. I don't think he particularly liked him because he'd be asking, so asking me the team. And I'd say Carl Henry, there'd be a big silence, and I knew he always wanted me to fill that silence, but I never did. Because uh, <laughs> it was. Bit... <laughs> and, but so Carl, when we we're in the Premier League, and he did really well there, but. His, I remember watching him here. We played and we uh, we took him as a as a a trialist in a game against Aston Villa. And Taff, who was with me, and Evans, I said uh, at half time, 
he's not going anywhere, he's staying. If we can have him, he's, he's staying. And he, he just was the, uh, he was a real focal point in that team doing all the horrible jobs, the Kante jobs. No, he's not as good as Kante. The Deschamps jobs. No, he's not as good as Deschamps. But he was in my Wolves team in the Championship, so he was doing those jobs that all those others do and don't really get recognised for it either. And, and he, he was he was great for the club. He really was. It's funny how you, you met... We've had Carl on, on the show and he speaks so highly of yourself and he, he spoke about a conversation that you had that you said to him that uh, you need to work with him more, Carl, because he's seen himself as a player's captain. You know, he was there to represent the players and, and that that's basically what he did. Like you, like you are as honest as the days long. That's what you got from him as a captain as well, wasn't it? Yeah, look, it, he was. And I, I... Listen, it's well known. I, I fell out with him in the end almost because I took the captaincy off him. Uh, that turned out to be a mistake by me as well, by the way, whether I should have replaced him with another captain. But he... Uh, I still get on well with him, still speak to him, still respect him and, and respect him for the job he did for me and for the club. But that, that's, that's my point. He was a young fella that wanted to come in and, and then whoever else, all the others came in alongside him. I mean, the work that we used to do, we used to run teams off the park. They were, they were terrific, the lads, and there were a real togetherness about the team as well. Because he, by the way, he's said on this podcast that he, he now looking back on it, with the benefit of experience he has in his career, he fully understands why you took the captaincy off him at that time. Wow. That's, well, I'm not going to go into it. He just, it, it, he knows. He, uh, he was actually starting to behave. He was a backroom lawyer he became at one stage towards the end. Of <laughs> Always oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and actually, the, the, it changed then towards the end because uh, it was a bit like wanting to change how we'd done it. You know, we can't go closing teams. We can't go do this pressing. We can't do this. It's, it's... And I thought, well, once once that thought process comes in, then, you know, he's not doing exactly as I would have, have wanted him to do. But I'm I'm saying here on, on this podcast, on this show, that he was one of the best signings I had and, and was one of the reasons why it turned around because for all the, the Michael Kiteleys, Matt Jarvis's, Looms who put a shift in, uh, Sylvan, who... He, his, my nickname for him was Stud because if he didn't score, he was always Stud doing nothing. <laughs> and, uh, I'm not so sure he thought it was for that reason, but anyway... Uh, <laughs> and, uh, then the, the likes of Carl and Dave Jones doing that, those yeah. two in the middle of the park there, doing all those dirty jobs but playing. And, he, and Carl recognised that he wasn't the, he wasn't the Dave Jones going to flick it up and volley at the top corner. He, he was probably going to get five goals. When, I don't know what he got. Did he get five while he was here in all his career? I remember the one he got at Charlton when we beat them down there. That was brilliant. He scored uh, at Watford away as well. Yeah, see, you can, yeah. see, you can remember the ones he got. That yeah. tells you, doesn't it? So... But that, that squad, he, he epitomised what that was all about when we were here. Can I ask you then, because it is, it's a, it must be difficult for a manager when you see a talent as a, as a footballer and they have maybe certain demands and that might be your chance to bring a player in that you've always admired without really knowing the character of the player. So to take the captaincy off someone that you say is your best sign and that, that, that's a big, because I know what you're like as a man. I know what you're like as a manager. That must be a. You must have fought with yourself 
a long time before making that decision? I did. I did, and I uh, I thought it was the right decision. It just turned out to be the wrong decision to make Roger Johnson the captain instead of him. That's uh, That was a, a wrong decision, in my view. But, hey, I've made some good and some bad throughout my career. Yeah. I've just said 965 games. If you don't make some mistakes throughout it, it's actually recognising them as well and admitting them to yourself as much as anything. I don't have to go and broadcast them to everybody. It's way down the line now. I'm, a, yeah. I'm out of here. I've, I've had two yeah. jobs since that. Uh, but wow, you know, I'm saying I've had two jobs. Wolves have had seven managers since I left, and it's seven years yeah. ago. No, very true. But was that scenario, would that be your biggest regret for when you were managing Wolves? The, the, what led from that scenario? Uh, no, I, I don't regret doing it, because I thought it was the right thing to do. And actually, to, to take it off him probably was, because it, it questioned my authority at the end of the season prior to the extent that he he, he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna be the captain for doing that as much as anything. Um Looms and I just talked about it. I don't I don't fall out with he's still played in the team. But I thought you know, somebody's gonna have to be my captain who's gonna be as he'd done for four or five years prior to that, being my stalwart, being my back to everything I'd done, being in the dressing room, banging the drum for what we're doing, not for what the players wanted or what he might think like a change because when you look at what happened I mean from that from that kind of turning point I guess and the way the club then went and, and even after you left and where mm. the club ended up do you look back on that period and think I could have done other things to stop that yeah I don't, I don't think our the recruitment turned out not to be great and that was I said Roger Johnson, Nenad Milias. Um, yes, uh, from <laughs> from Belgium. Yellow Van Dam. Yellow Van Dam. Uh, Jamie O'Hara. I, I'm thinking we're signing better players, and actually I didn't. And I think everybody thought that. We all thought it. But at the turn out, it wasn't. They weren't better than Christoph Berra. Certainly weren't better than David Jones. Uh, and, and some of them, when we went and did the scouting, we go and watch uh, Yella Van Dam play for a um, uh, top team in Belgium. Anderlecht, I think he was. Was it Anderlecht? Anyway. Standard. Standard Liège, I think it was. And uh, he, was a, he was a star in that team. We watched uh, uh, Nenad Milias play for uh, Red Star Belgrade, star in that team. But then they come, they come to us and they've been used to having the ball for 55, 60% of the time. And there were stars in those teams. They come to us, we've got the ball for 40, 40 35% of the team. They didn't like running around. They didn't like the physicality of it. They didn't like the hard work of it. And, and I said Roger Johnson wasn't nowhere near better than Christoph Berra. Uh, and Jamie O'Hara was nowhere near the lads that we'd already got. But we all thought we were trying to do better and actually got similar, maybe not as good in some respects, paid money for him and actually uh, paid more per my wages. Yeah, we touched we touched on it obviously uh, off air as well about the there's egos egos come into it as well, didn't it? You say Christoph Berra there, David Jones, these are people that, that would they, they understood exactly what you were putting, they would run through a brick wall for the manager because they believed in what but then there's certain a certain calibre of player and it might be a better footballer. 
But again, it's important about the character that you're bringing into the dressing room as well that can create divide, that can be a poisonous voice that can that can contaminate the dressing room as well, isn't it? Yeah, well, there's a bit of that. I'm not going to go into that one because then I end up being really personal about things. But yep. that, that certainly was there and uh, that didn't help the dressing room at all. Uh, and I have to say, I, I would commend the lads like Sir Dave Jones, Christoph Berra, who lost the position, never, ever changed that. Their personalities were still the same and still continue to support what we've been trying to do. But if I looked at that and I thought for two seasons it was pretty much the same squad, just a little addition, you mm. know, uh, Fletch coming in, you tell me who came in, we had Doyle come in, all those lads bought into what we were doing. Yeah. And then, it, we, well, we stayed up, what was it, by goal difference and that thing. So you have, to, you have to try and be better. So we did try and be better and actually... In some respects, it made us worse because we lost that. The dressing room lost a bit of the ethos that, that I'd had for the five years. And I recognised that. I recognised it when I left. And it's uh, that's sad, but, you know, it, it was all done. <laughs> it was all done in the best possible taste. It was all done for the best reasons, yeah. for the right reasons. You know, it didn't work. Because it's always the thing that I think fans will look at and ask, and and I did it from the position that we're in, because for those two, the first two seasons, I was saying to Looms earlier, you know, people sometimes forget that you went and won at Liverpool, you went away at Tottenham, you beat Chelsea, Man City, Man United at home. There were some really impressive games and performances. Yeah, you just reminded me of one which sticks out, of course, is the Tottenham game, and we beat them. Dave... Uh, Dave did his ankle at Tottenham we had one player that got injured uh, Dave Edwards got injured there did really badly dislocated his ankle I think or did his ankle ligaments and uh, I mean so this this is because the version of my of the events when it happened was that game we won 1-0 and we had bat- we'd been battered in the second half great result so we've got Tottenham away Man United away Burnley at home I looked at each other, I come in on the Sunday morning and I look at that, I've said to Taff already, I said, by the way, I'm like, no, it's been, been TC, TC, not Taff, yeah. so I said to TC, <coughs> I start looking at what changes I could make to freshen it up, so because we've got Burnley coming, I said, I'm leaving them all out, I'm going I'm to change it completely. I've been in the dressing room, it was like a, it was like a, a scene from a film of the Crimean War, there were bandages <laughs> and, and it was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, it was. Yeah. Everybody was absolutely shattered. It was an unbelievable performance. We jumped on the bus, come straight back. Everybody's as stiff as a board. And I remember going to the dressing room and telling the lads, and they're all like, oh, you know. And I said to them, hold on a minute. So you all want to play at Old Trafford? I said, we've got three games. I want to get the maximum points out of it. So you all play on Tuesday night. We've got Burnley we've got to beat. Home game against Burnley, got to beat them. I'm leaving you all out. I said, if you want to play at Old Trafford, make sure we stay up. And let's play at Old Trafford next year. Let's let's go there for the next five years. Let's 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 be a team that stays in the Premier League. So I had, and of course then I, I get everything from Steve, Steve Morgan, Jez coming, and somebody say, saying to me, "Well, could you just leave a few out?" I said, "What? Well, that's not going to make it any easier to beat Man United." So it was my decision, solely my decision. Left them all out, and we lost. And I, and I always remember things, the fans thinking we paid so much to watch the reserves. And then we've got Burnley coming. Talk about pressure on that game. And if you remember after the game, we all, I got everybody together, huddle on the pitch, and it was purpose. And I basically said, look, 
so are the rest of them. You're either in, you're in the tent, weeing out outside the tent, peeing in with me. And the lads were great. Everybody was up for it. And we got six points from Tottenham away, Man United away, and Burnley at home. And to this day, my view is that was good management, that we actually beat Burnley. I remember, uh, uh, was the manager at the time, Burnley? It was... Uh, oh, God. Should not play for Ireland, play for Ireland with me. But anyway, uh, and I remember speaking after, and he said, no, I've got no problems with it. You know, he did right. It was fine. Go and tell me. <clears throat> I will look it out for so, you. So that was a real tough, tough period in, uh, in my history at Wolves but I still maintain it was the right decisions but it's like, like you say I think the, the day is the day is gone that it is just about that 11 or that 14 you've got to use the squad now haven't you that's what the squad's there for so uh, yeah difficult management decision but it's good management in the end isn't it but to, you knew what was coming from the powers that be about making something like that aren't you you, you do know but the players did buy into it yeah absolutely it was it was necessary to do. Have you seen it yet? Uh, Owen Coyle. Owen Coyle. Coyle, of course. I know Coyle's my mate. I still can't remember. <laughs> I, I headed too many footballs, man. I'm telling you. Uh, so Coyle, Coyle was fine. I remember speaking to him afterwards. You know, he says, "Listen, mate, you did the right decision. You got six points." But oh, I knew it was coming, Chris. Yeah, I mean, it was it was coming. What what irked me and still does irk me is that it came from within as well. Surely the, the decision to manage something to get six points from those games when all we were expecting was three in reality. Tottenham away, Man United away, Burnley at home. Three points from that, if you're going so long as you beat Burnley. No, we took six. Yeah. So and we conceded from a corner against Man United, which we should never have done, went one nil down. And and then of course it's it's carnage from everybody from from a lot of the fans that travel, from they all, they all wanted to see us go and beat Man United. How many times have they beat Man United since? So it, it was just the most ridiculous situation that I found myself in. And what I found was I, I was fighting against the Premier League, everybody's opinion. But what really irked me and hurt me was the from opinions from inside yeah. that thought maybe I should have done something, something different. And when my my job was, of course, was to win games we had the discussion before to get as many points as we could to stay in the Premier League I have to touch on that then just because you said that it came from within so that moment that you did leave the club and it was left in the hands of TC was was he prepared for that responsibility that came from above the politics as you say of being a manager how do you feel about that no, because we had TC on and he says that obviously you spoke you spoke daily but he he said himself that he wasn't prepared for it. But did you? What information did you give him? TC had been sacked with me. TC was TC's bags boxes were packed at the side of his desk. Yeah, he said, yeah. They were they were packed. He'd been sacked. His wages had been stopped. He was he was out the door with me. And then it went on for a while, and it went on for people came and went. I think Neil Warnock came. Did Curbs come? They were talking about all sorts of different things. And then, for whatever reason, and I don't know what, there was no manager appointed, then they give it TC uh, and ask TC to do it. And I just, I rang him up and I said, go for it, mate, crack on. I said, do you know something I didn't? Were you not sharing anything with me? He was at the end of the I was in Florida. I was in Florida. And uh, no, I don't gaffer. But anyway, I said, well, look, good luck, the very best of luck. If I can help, by all means, 
Never spoke. He didn't ring me for any help. He did. I, and I didn't expect he would. He had to go and paddle his own canoe, and he did it. But when I, I came back from Florida, then two weeks later, and I walked in to see him, I said, I've, "I'll come and see you, Gaffer. You look how well do you look?" He said, "I can't believe. I didn't realise how bad you look while you were here." <laughs> he said, "You're like a different bloke." I said, "I know." And so do you. <laughs> <laughs> now the yeah. pressure's on. So we laughed about it. And what I really liked, in, in a, you know, in my office, you'd come in, my office, TC, when I got the job, you got to come in here, you sit in my office, we're together, we'd, we'd make the decisions. Yeah. And, and when I walked in, my desk was pristine. And on it was just a card. It was from Faye, Fayeville, my PA, who was, who was wonderful. I'm in contact with a regular basis. And it just said, to something like to the next manager, it was, it was for the PA. This is it. Nobody touched my desk. Nobody sat in the chair. I said, "Are you not sitting here?" No, I'm not. No way. I'm staying here. <laughs> <laughs> Car park spot was still the same. Nobody in that. Yeah. It was. It was not. He's not going to fill that. He was just doing the job. And sadly, it didn't work out for him in terms of results. But it was. It was unlikely. Bear yeah. in mind. Well, he said that twelve if, games to go. Gone, we've gone down in goal difference. You know? Yeah. Well, he said that if the the combined intellect of the two of you mm. couldn't sort out the issues there, then he he wouldn't be able to do it on his own. No, because TC is a really good coach. I'd put him down as a better coach than me. But then, in terms of the management, <laughs> I think having done it for twenty odd years, and I, I'm I'm better at that side of it than he is, and so. Collectively, we were a, we were a really good partnership, yeah. you know, and and he does the management in a different. He goes out, he goes and does speaking to players and management, knowing he's got my backing and and think and I've asked him to do it, and he goes and does it, and he does it in a, his own inimitable way, and he's very good with players. But then having to, and he said to me, I think there were some days when I used to come out to the training ground. He's doing the session. I'd come out when the warm up's gone, and I'd been. He said, Gaffer, sometimes I wondered why you couldn't be out at half past ten. He said, then I realised I'm stuck in the office and Weaves was doing the warm-up and he said, I'm not going to be out there till 11 o'clock. He said, I suddenly realised that you've got far more to do than just be out on the pitch training the players. You know, you've got all this other stuff managing going on. And of course, it was at... He was pretty much at crisis point, wasn't he? So he didn't inherit it in, in any sort of shape. Well, I wondered what you... When you look at it now... If it hadn't have been Albion, do you think you'd have survived longer? Because you you just you went into that game off the back of a win. Yeah, but don't, let's let's just go back two games when we played Liverpool here, and Steve, the chairman, the owner, comes into the into the dressing room, and it's his team, Liverpool. I think he was really offended by how we played. We lost. Well, it was Liverpool by all means, you know, uh, and and kicked off, and you know, said to me, I. I he just told us all. He was what he what he thought of us all. Not gonna didn't want me to speak. So it, it, I said at the time, did it undermine me? Of course it did. I said at the time it didn't because I wanted to to stay in the job and continue doing it and not not to be to be seeing that. But I, I as I said at the time, it's his club. There's not a lot you can do about it if they come in. I could either walk, which I'm never gonna do because I want to do it. And then we went to QPR, didn't we? Yeah. And we beat QPR. Somebody got sent off. Gibral Cissé, Gibral Cissé got sent off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I met him since I did a TV show. I did a, a commentator on a game with him, and he had the worst shoes on I'd ever seen. <laughs> Seriously, and I did comment on them. By the way, I said you deserve sending off for them as well. And uh, 
we beat them, so everything seemed to be okay. And then we came back and we'd, we'd played four four two at uh, at QPR. But and I'd, I'd got Doyler on the pitch, I'd got Sylvan on the pitch, and the, the team was an unbelievable attacking team. And I'd been watching how West Brom had played, and I thought they'd play the same way. So I stuck with the team that we'd been at QPR, and it was wrong. Roy came and played four three three. Uh, five in midfield. We we were exposed. They had the ball. We couldn't get the ball off and playing four four two. And actually, the game. And I'm, I'm sure TC would have said it at the time if he was on and he spoke about it. We wanted out. We're getting battered, but we got back to one all, didn't we? And we hit the. I think we hit the crossbar. Right. And then it looked like we were going to get back in it. Then they scored one, and it's two one. And then it goes three one four one four. And we were, yeah. we we looked we looked awful. So. It was no surprise then, you know. I mean, I've, I've, I went. My only one of the biggest regrets. I had to walk out the back door. The last time I left, I had to walk up the track and out into the car park because there was people waiting to give me abuse. But that, I understand that it's, it's West Brom. It's the big enemy and all that. So, and then I, when I came back in, it was uh, must have been it was Monday morning. So Sunday. Or did, did we come in on Sunday? I can't remember. Had we got a game? And me, TC, Pat Mount and Steve Weaver sat on the bikes watching the games again. And uh, Jez came in. It was like, uh, if you'd have come in with a hood and a, and a, and a, Scythe, a yeah. scythe, it would have been appropriate. <laughs> you know, I got the curly finger, Chris, and I, and I couldn't hide. No, it was like, yeah. mate, can I have a word with you? I mean, everybody in the place, place the temperature job, we all know what was happening, so... And with the heavy heart, uh, Jez told me it was you know he he didn't he didn't want that to be happening. I can tell you, but uh, and I think cause what what was the t- you the guys hadn't stopped fighting for me. They hadn't stopped playing. It wasn't it was like people had down tools. Yeah. That wasn't the case, and, and you could tell that when when everybody got to find out. I mean, lads are coming into my office, and some of them are in tears about it. You know, thinking that they let me down. So so they the the. The spirit was still there, but we weren't getting results. So, so Steve coming into the dressing room, do you think that was the the starting point? He's he's wait, got his finger on the trigger then, just waiting for that moment. Or I don't. What, know. What was I'm the relationship like, like like after that moment? Because I know what you are. You are a very proud person, mm. but you speak your mind. I don't imagine you've been in the same company and it not been able to come up like the elephant in the room, as they say. I think it's something that you would have discussed. Well, we had a game pretty quickly. Uh, do you know what? I can't remember. I certainly didn't. I, I did go up and see him. Yeah, I did, and I, I, I can't remember. Yes, I did, and and, and made me point clear that it, it. Yeah, I think it was on the Monday afterwards yeah. after that game. I did have a, a clear the air meeting. I did. You have to say as I felt. Yeah, that it's, it's it is undermining, and how players thought about it. But I I was never going to interject when he's. Talking because I think I had it done. He came and he was furious. He was angry, and I think if I had it done, and I didn't be getting angry. It, that could in the dressing room. I'm not going to be fighting with the owner of the football club, or yeah. you know, ending up in a row. Then suddenly that that exacerbates everything. Of course it does. Yeah. And on that one occasion, age doesn't give you a lot of things. Experience does. Sometimes it's wise just to shut your gob and listen and and take it and and take. Take the fight elsewhere, take, you know. So I did, and, and uh, to be fair, and I, I give Steve, he was fine about it as well. He still thought passionately about what he'd said. I think when I explained what it, it might have done 
to the team and to me and how they, they saw me, how they saw him might have a negative impact. But of course, then we go and beat QPR away. So it was that was a real tough time, a learning time for me. Yeah. But I also have to look at how I might have felt if I earned the club. And my team had just gone down 3-0 and we were struggling. I might have come in and raised the roof and had a go as well. So I'm, 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 I think you know I'm quick to look at how, how yeah. I would see it from the other perspective. But yeah, I'd, I'd, it was no surprises. I'd, I mean, when we lost five, it wouldn't have been surprised if somebody had come down and said, look, pack your bags, go. Mm-hmm. I think the only surprise was that I think it went till no, is it Sunday, Sunday morning or Monday morning, whatever it was. But did we play on Sunday? Sunday, yeah. We played on the Sunday, so it was the Monday morning. I'm back in uh, on the bike, and uh, like I said, Jez the Grim Reaper came in. <laughs> he, he didn't want that job either, because we'd had five, five and a half years of pretty much success. Because yeah. staying in the league was success for us, of it was. with the budget that we'd had. So yeah, that, that was that was a real sad time. But I, I don't, I don't. By the way, I don't look back and think anything bad about Steve. I've got a good relationship with him still. Jez got a really good relationship with Jez and anybody at the club because at the end of it we dropped into the bottom three I'd had five and a half years and you know what I could understand it almost appeasing the fans fans wouldn't want to me to be after that there'd have been a lot of fans thinking I think it's probably time to go that's me seeing the other side of it what other people think yeah. The Old Gold Club powered by Wolverhampton Building Supplies get 10% off in store when you quote Old Gold Club just one or two more things before we let Mick go because he's a busy man and Looms is a busy man. He's just been telling us how he's uh, going to be doing boxing. Would you take him on in a fight? Not a chance. No. <laughs> uh, I, I probably, I would, I might have done it some years ago. I'm 60. I've, uh, somebody tell me when you get to 50, don't, don't fight with anybody. Well, looking at him, I'm not a chance, man. No, I'd, I'd soon have a handshake than a slap <laughs> off him. Put it that way. <laughs> Um, I promise you that we would talk about some of the better times because we've we focused a lot on the. Yeah, I wondered about that. I wondered about. My, I wonder how I managed five and a half years with such a bad record. <laughs> um, but it was, you know, there were some. I say we mentioned the fact that you had some amazing victories, especially away from home in the Premier League, and you know there were even before that. I mean, obviously, you know, Looms has talked a lot in the time that we've been doing this podcast about that season, the promotion season, and just how you seemed to just get this feeling amongst the group that it was going to happen for you. Yeah, well, we, we talked about it. It was a Plymouth game, wasn't it? We went down there and then drew the first game of the season. Yeah. That, was a, that wasn't a great performance. Then we won seven on the bounce. And did we lose two of them? Did we go with Swansea and lose and Norwich and lose? I can't, I can't remember all the games. But we, then we came back and did seven on the bounce again. again yeah. So, I, you know, we'd had... We'd had 42 points out of two tranches of games, which is an amazing... You're safe. Yeah. <laughs> we're safe after, like, 15 games. Not that we were thinking about being safe. But it did, and we had a, we had a great time. And, and then we went 13 games and didn't win a game. Then we, got a, we talked about that. Cause, uh, cause seven, seven points clear, I think, by the end of that 13-game period. We were on t- still top of the table, but goal difference we were in. Yeah, can you remember the games we had against, we had against yeah, Birmingham? And we lost and they were celebrating in the dressing room like they because they're chasing us they're celebrating the dressing room like they'd won the league and I remember that irked us that was really so and we did at Reading as well we went to Reading and lost 1-0 there Neil Collins scored an own goal yeah. that was one of my infamous press conferences afterwards when 
with everything had gone wrong and I went upstairs and somebody said, what do you think about that? And I, I went into a, a tirade <laughs> and, there was, and I, there, was a few, uh, there was a few inappropriate words in it as well. And then I, I looked up and there weren't many people in, but there was a lady at the back of the dressing room. I said, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to swear and be inappropriate language in front of you. She said, that is the best answer I've ever heard to a question. It's the best press conference I've ever been in. I loved it. You don't have to apologise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did. It was... So, what do you think about that? Oh, well, that was, it just exploded. What moments would you say that? So, I, I remember we went to, uh, we played against <clears throat> Botton in pre-season. And coming back, and Kate said, "We've got a real good chance this year. We've got everything. We could yeah. bully teams. We we played a kind of expansive game, but we went into every game as players thinking, if you score two, we'll score three. And that was the mentality. We were just the, the confidence, the belief was just there was uh, there was great partnerships on the pitch, wasn't there? I mean, you know, you ended up you and Sylvan or, or Keo, Andy Keo and Sylvan, which was good. Vox, yeah, we had we had good strikers." Mm. The two lads wide were brilliant. Jarvo and, and Kites were just outstandingly good in yeah. in. Then we moved to the Premier League, but they were. I mean, they were you know, Jarvo and they could push teams back and drag you up the pitch. Uh, <clears throat> uh, was it Jonah and Carl? You know, Carl Henry certainly. I, I suppose it warned me about him how, how much an effect he had. Yeah. Kev Foley, Wardy. Uh, Brainy, uh, gone then, hasn't he? Who's Jodie? Jodie was Jodie's a bit. I put Jodie back in the team at one time, and it just needed him. Yeah, yeah I remember he followed somebody in over the halfway line and nailed him, and I and I thought, well, that's that's just what we've needed. And he was a, yeah. like a leader without yeah. being a talkative leader. Christoph made a big impression when he came in. Steals. You brought Michael Mancian in as well, who yeah. played his part. Uh, very, yeah. very good players. Yeah. So we'd we'd suddenly got a squad where if you know if you weren't playing and it was Keo, it was Vokes, it was <clears throat> whoever it was, I, I think the wingers were the I don't I can't even remember who were the backup to them two lads. I don't think that not many people played in there. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I had that feeling. It was a really good squad, good players, real quality players, lads who could handle any physicality on the pitch. A really good mentality being the, between the squad. They all got on well. That was that was a, another side of things, uh, and we could hack it. And all if it got tough, we could hack it. But I remember games down at Charlton, saying about that when they we we scored, they scored. Sylvan, in fact, it was Paddy McCarthy was playing against, and Paddy said since he hates Sylvan, he made a right fool of him. He scored two <laughs> brilliant goals there. I was, was at Charlton. Kind of was, 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 was the Charlton team. Yeah, yeah, that was the season before. Was that yeah, that was, yeah, was Charlton. Yeah. That was right. Yeah. And was it? Was it? Did Carl, Carl score? The Carl was scored. Yeah, I mean, yeah. wow. Well, that was, yeah. was unbelievable. So uh, yeah, you know, some real. But you're right. We we could hack it in all sorts of different ways. We could play. We could scrap it out. We could, you know, dominate teams. We could sit back in if we had to do. We got we got a really good squad of players. It was. Yeah, it was brilliant. I loved it. I think when we went down to Charlton, I pulled out in the warm-up. I had adductor problems and Keo's came in and he's he got a couple of goals there. Keo on that yeah. day, didn't he? I think it was. I don't know why I got the goals, but yeah. Uh, but uh, was it Voxie? 
but again, you, you had that quality and depth there. But like you say, you've recruited, you've built that team, you know, and like you say, you brought in hungry players that had a point to prove. Yeah. You know, and I think that was, uh, that put us in good, there was no, it was a humble squad, there was no one above themselves, no. everyone knew their place. But again, you'd put certain leaders in there that basically sang your hymn to the dressing room, that monitored, that marshaled the dressing room, how you wanted it to be marshaled, yeah. Oh, they were, they were, they were good people. I don't, I don't think it needed, you know, there wasn't anybody that needed to be the real boss in there, but I think you all looked after each other, but they were, they were good people, there's you, there's Carl, Jody Craddock was one, I mean, Jody never said too much, but he just is the way he did his own stuff, yeah. he was a real leader in the way he looked after himself and his training, his prehab and his rehab and everything he did was really professional there were good guys in there but you, 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 you're giving the players a lot of products but you brought them together Gaffer you've yeah, seen that you've yeah. you know I mean you've you've started that you've brought them you've, you've created that environment as you've touched on before it's, was it Foles Kev, Kev Foley we had in as well Kev, Kev Foley was one that I mean everything he did he was second best at and that, that, that sounds wrong but I mean the, whoever was best might be at whatever it was Kev would always be up there leaving everybody else behind and he'd, yeah. be, he'd be the best in some things yeah. but you know you go go-karting Kev finishes second everybody else behind him you go playing darts Kev would either win it or be close table tennis it could be anything he was one of those players whatever he did he took his hand to it and he was a quiet unassuming yeah. but what a good player he was he, he played for it was Luton he was yeah. playing for Luton and we played them here in a game, and I was knocked out by him. So, do we any chance we'd sign him? So, I'd seen him play for Luton, and I'd put on all all my. I think he'd seen Java off. He'd seen somebody, whoever it was, whether it, I might be getting it wrong in times, but everybody I put up against him, he saw him off. Uh, the big, what's the big blonde haired winger that we had and went to play for Sheffield Wednesday? Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, put him on, see if he could. I think he went on sorted them all out and I, I signed him from the back of that performance I'd never seen him again I just knew he was brilliant one player of the season that oh, year as well didn't different he? class in. disappointed I've got goal of the season to be fair <laughs> but well that's another question which was that tell me Andy Keel got it remember the one that he took out there from Derby at Derby away but come on oh I he could, did I could just on, on one hand there's what there's Preston overhead kick, Sheffield United away. The black. Oh, you mean the when Preston? You made me captain. Is that when you got sent off? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say the Preston game when he let you so down and got, you sent, got off, sent off. Yeah. Was that it? Uh, that we appealed, Gaffer. Remember, yeah. we appealed. You wouldn't appealed it if you thought I'd done it. Sent Ledger. He headbutted yeah, me. Yeah, mate. He headbutted me. I don't know. He probably smiled with them big row of teeth, Sean St. Ledger. <laughs> <laughs> Seen him since. I, <laughs> I took him in at uh, Ipswich, you know, and I reminded him of it first thing. You're very lucky to be here, you, by the way. you got one of my players. <laughs> Not that I hold a grudge. <laughs> when you look back on it and you look at your whole career as a manager, that 2009 team, where does that rank amongst teams that you uh, I, I was... Somebody asked me yesterday, what did they ask me? Who was the best team I had? I was, at, I was at Derby last night. I was at Derby, watching Derby Millwall. And uh, I was in the... Very graciously, Mel Morris, I was sat on his table, really good hospitality fabulous really nice and uh, the chap I was sat with said who's, who's been your best team what best and I said well it's got to be the Wolves team and I, and I got Sunderland we won the championship with, with Sunderland because that was brilliant that was me back on the, after the World Cup and all that and, and taking Sunderland up but the team that we got promoted with here was the best team yeah I think it was 
not only was it uh, forceful and you know it was uh, compact, we got we got we could be really expansive and play, and we scored goals. It was fabulous. I'd say that was the best team. I can't say it was as good as the. It's not as good as the team that I played in the World Cup with Ireland. Not that I played that I had. You know, where I had Damien Duff, Quinny, Robbie Keane. Uh, you know, that, that was I had Breeny in that team as well, who played here, and uh, that team would have took some beating. You know, I've got yeah. uh, Kev Kilban in it, and Ian Hart in it, and Gary Kelly, and, yeah. and McAteer, and, and, and uh, Matty Holland, and Kinsler. You know, that was that was a that was a proper team. So that that's probably the best team I've had to get to the last sixteen of a World Cup. But the team I had here, the team I built. Was yeah, fabulous, best league team ever. Because uh, while we're being reflective, we do a thing called the rundown, and we've slightly tweaked it because to take out the playing references to more management side. Um, the first one is who was the best player that you worked with at Wolves? Chris Iwellamo, Illumo. I can't say his name now because you just killed me. <laughs> Looms. That's why I call him Looms. Uh, I, I have a, I have a, I have a, I have a different take on that. People say, "Who's the best player?" So, and of course, all the, all the best players. You, you, and I could say Kites was one of them, for, coming from Greys. I mean, and then I could say, you know, Javo was it Sylvan Ebanks Blake for scoring, without a doubt. Without a doubt, he would be. Gary Breen was brilliant here. He was, he was, you know, and for all the things he did. Carl Henry, I said. So I, I always go like the most effective. Is it? Does it make him necessarily Matt Murray? By the way, the first season I played here with him, we went down to Norwich. We should have been beaten seven, and we won one nil. And poor old my mate, poor old Peter Grant was managing. When I went in afterwards, he's, he's scratching his head. And went, How do you do it? How do you? I said. I said on this occasion, I've no idea. I said, in fact, the best goalkeeper in the league. He was brilliant. Best player I worked with here. So all of those could 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 get a mention in that. But eighteen months, forty-five goals. I'd have to say Sylvan was the most effective. Yeah. I don't think he's the best player, and I don't think he certainly wasn't the best character around the place. He's a he's a oh wow, he was a street angel and a house devil. Him, he'd be outside smiling. At the kids, oh, isn't Sylvan lovely? Isn't he? He's a fabulous character. He'd be in the building with his lip going down and snarling and sucking <laughs> through his teeth, and and everybody thought he was lovely. Which you know, but he had a different side to him. You know that he had yeah. a different side to him. But forty-five goals, yeah. he, that that was yeah. that propelled us into the. Premier League, you know, yeah. Kevin Doyle is up there with it. By the way, I yeah. thought he, I thought he kept us in the league yeah. with his work rate and his goals in the first season. So, but you know, we had to get there first, and Sylvan's goals definitely got us in it. Which player improved most under you? Oh wow! Um, Stephen Ward. No, he came as a centre forward, stroke left winger. Went on to play at left back because Georgia got injured at Ipswich, and he ended up being an international footballer playing in the European Championships at left back. Yep. I can't think of too many more bigger successes than that than recognising 
some of his qualities could he play, and I thought he could, and he's a good size, didn't get done in the air, he, and, he, and then he, he he learnt about his defensive responsibilities yeah. and being in the unit as a four, not just being as a, so. Uh, yeah, I can't, I can't, I, I don't think I can see any better than that to be honest. Um, who was the worst trainer? I've already done that. Sylvan's just had a mention for that one. He was he was up there with him. You were good to me though. You always let me ref. And I still got the bed for refing on occasion. Oh, I'm going to tell you a story. By the way, we went to Scotland in a in a pre-season. Was it the first pre-season went to Scotland? With Scotland, yeah. And we had a a small-sided game. In you it. played. Did you I, in? I I played yeah. in it. Yeah, and I have to tell you. You were hopeless, by the way. <laughs> seriously, seriously. And I, but it was wonderful for me. It was great. And just tell you how good the mates we are still. It was, I, I couldn't believe what I was watching, Lums. I'm thinking now. And it was a tight little pitch. And I said to TC, we both saying, I'm going to say, oh, the Lums. Oh, no, scratchy mouth. God, he was coming off every... I said, he needs to play on the big pitch, Lums. That, that pitch just does not suit him. It didn't. It was all tight and technical and all that. That wasn't you. Pitch, have the ball up to him, knock it on, run in the channels, get the ball in the box, score goals. But it wasn't that. And I'm thinking, I've made a right, Ricky, here, man. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing with him as well, which makes it even worse. You know, I'm, in the, I'm probably in your team, I don't yeah. know, and I'm yeah. thinking, yeah, Loom's having it's all tight. and Some things suit players better than others, you know. Yeah. And them tight little, tight little technical pitches, when you've come, and it, but it was the first pre-season as well, Anyway, how wrong I got that? No, I got it right because I'd signed you. But judging you on that thing was wrong. So you weren't the worst trainer. The worst trainer's the one who don't really bother about it. Uh, we didn't have bad trainers. Looms have said in the past, Stefan Meyerhofer, did you? Oh, big Stefan, remember Stefan Meyerhofer? I believe he was just hopeless. He was, he was just, he was just bad. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's some players that uh, there's some of players I deserve sacking for signing. I think he might be up there. And uh, oh, and the other fellow was of course Greg Halford. I mean, he's you know I've got to give him a mention. He was uh, we were playing against Birmingham here, and he I said I've got to tell you the story because uh, he was the player that came in in the shorts and the t-shirt, and uh, shouldn't have done it. Should have. And he did in like a basketball gear, and uh, he's playing here. And I thought he was a good player. I thought he, he'd, I'd seen him play a lot in, against us, against other teams. Yeah. Uh, he didn't do it. We were playing here against Birmingham, and he was playing wide right. And we kept, we gave him the ball for him. Jamie Jamie Clapham was beating him in the air. And after five minutes, I've said to TC. <sighs> and he could see I'm starting to get a bit. Ten minutes. I said, if he don't pick up, he's, he's off, like, you know. So I said, anyway, another. I said, T, get that out. Get, it was number two. I said, get, get the number two out. He's coming off. T went, always the placator, like, the, you know, pouring soothing oil on rough waters. I said, no, nah, Gaff, he can't. No, he's only gone, you know, gone 11 minutes gone. I said, I know, but he's doing my head anyway. So 15 minutes, T seating there, not having that. 20 minutes, I, I'm, I'm, I said, you're right, you're right, you're right. I, sh- I shouldn't do it. No, I shouldn't because he's upset, it's wrong. And anyway, about 30 minutes I turn around to TC and he's, he's bending down I said what are you doing he said I think you're going to need this <laughs> he got the two out <laughs> <laughs> he'd, he'd recognised it was not going to go any longer <laughs> so I think it was 30 minutes and he's coming off <laughs> he, he rang him one morning and said he couldn't get in for snow 
He used to live at the bottom of TC Street. TC had got in driving a three series BMW, he drove a Range Rover. So I said, well, okay, that's all right. You don't get in here. The lads are staying here till you get here. So we're, we're not going to train till you get your backside in this dress. You know, we're not training. He was there before half past ten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Some of the, yeah, yeah, yeah. So these, these, we're managing people. You know, you have to manage yes, all that. Yeah, it's nonsense. Exactly. So Meyerhofer, the worst trainer. That might have been because he was one of the worst players, probably, but I, I don't subscribe to that about being the worst trainer. The one trainer who don't, who don't really yeah, run around it. properly yeah. and don't do it. And yeah. I don't think we had many of them. No, I, can't, I can't remember that at all, no. Although the ones when we... Oh, by the way, Thomas Frankowski, who was before you... Yeah. Thomas Frankowski, who I inherited apparently was going to be the final piece in the jigsaw. <laughs> well, not half, he certainly was. Biggest mourner at the club. Carl Henry was one of them. Yes. Carl, yeah, he, he was the one that moaned, and yeah, because he, he moaned for everybody else. He was, he was like the shop steward. He used to come and moan, you know, and. Uh, <laughs> He just, he, he just, he, he moaned himself into, into getting the captains. He took off him at one stage. <laughs> he loved moaning so much he'd moan for other people. Oh, he did. Yeah, it. it uh, do you know what? I, I could always empathise with that at once because I, I was a bit of a, a grout. I'd take other people's battles and fight them for them, and he did that. Uh, and, uh, but when you're doing the job properly, though, you can tolerate that. And I, I never said, by the way, I never ever say Carl didn't do his job properly. He did, and, yeah. I, and I've, we've spoke about the story about it, and uh, I still have the utmost respect for him. I'd, I'd like to think he for me, that, uh, but he moaned. Oh, he moaned. He did. Yeah, he's, uh, he was a good mourner, but he was a good trainer. It's the it, the problem is, I, I, had a, I had a lad at Millwall called Keith Stevens, who was a wonderful player for me, tough as old boots. Being there for a hundred years, played hundreds of games, and he used to whinge before we started training and I'm a young manager and then training would start and he'd be the best trainer and I had to pull him as a captain I said Rhino Rhino we call him Rhino your whinging is okay because I know you'll train but you're having a right adverse effect on everybody else oh, what are we doing this for running around the pitch shouldn't be doing this shouldn't be doing that I said then training starts and you train brilliantly but there's about three or four of them who listen to you yeah. and kick off and that can have a real bad effect yeah. so Henry anyway, he's getting a mention again he's in a moment um, who had the best and worst dress sense Matt Murray <laughs> for both for both yeah <laughs> and I'm seeing him later on by the way and he'll love this because he knows he used to cane his clobber he used to, he used to the problem is he's, he tried so hard <laughs> and still does and every time I see him he's, he's waiting for me to say something so so I'm not quite sure but whether he's right or not he's getting a mention nah, for it because uh, he's he's brilliant I love him to death but he does he says uh, oh I suppose you'll be giving my club a, my gear stick gaffer <laughs> and he sets he sets me up when I see him <laughs> who was the the funniest player you worked with oh well funny ha ha or funny peculiar <laughs> funny ha ha who's ever or at Wolves, at Wolves of course uh, oh, wow uh, that's a did we have real jokers I can't remember I think well, Neil the, Collins was a, he was a character wasn't he but uh, he, he was doing it behind the scenes and if he was because I never saw that yeah. Neil was uh, uh, you know he's he's another one that I signed from 
15 grand for Sunderland and brought him down here. And he, he, uh, Andy Keogh was always a he was a joker as well. He, I, I liked the good banter. Keogh, Kevin Foley. Keogh had until uh, the day that we're having a we're <laughs> Andy Keogh. By the way, and all these players have have rang me and, and come back to me, and especially when they want to go and do coaching courses or go and live in America, they all ring me for a testimonial. <laughs> so I have to tell you, some of them would have got. To, uh, that have got the I was going to say they get the president's job that's pretty easy in America now isn't it <laughs> but uh, the, the testimonials I've given them Keo, uh, Neil Collins but and Andy was one morning when we, we always used to have the vote didn't we for the yellow jersey so the vote was the yellow jersey and I'm training I'm playing I used to join in if there's a certainly odd, if I used to make it odd teams I'd get somebody in and, so I could play and uh, Friday morning it went to a it, it, it was a draw, so you go to a revote. <laughs> of course, I voted for Keo, and he won it. And of course, he's, he's given. He, he went right into one with me. He couldn't believe that the manager <laughs> voted him. <laughs> so of course, I went, you were. I voted for you the first time. I'm not going to change my vote. I couldn't back down. So. <laughs> oh, Andy, I, 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 I didn't know where you got such great banter. It's a, it's a while ago, and I just thought I loved all the lads, I loved the bones of them, and uh, you know, I can't, I can't remember one that was stood out that was yep. just so funnier than others. I tell you, was great when he came in, it was Freddie Eastwood. He was brilliant. Yeah. Oh, you couldn't knock his, you know, you couldn't knock him down. And uh, I, I, he did have good, but Freddie was funny because I mean, the stick he used to get about, you know, his, his caravan and all that, and he, he, and he took it all in yeah. great part. Yeah. And, uh, he, I was playing a pre-season friendly against South End, and he was kicking it off and playing the first five minutes. And I was still in the dressing room when he'd kicked off. I had five minutes. He came and he said, uh, "All right, Gaffer." He said, "Not even you could stop me playing in that game." Because <laughs> <laughs> he used to sit behind me, and the cause. Oh, he he could cause damage to the opposition, but he could cause more, cause more damage to us, Freddie, by giving the ball away in a bonkers area and all that. <laughs> and, and of course, the crowd would be giving it, Freddie, Freddie. I used to turn around and say, Freddie, I said, the more they shout your name, you know the less chance of going on there, aren't you? <laughs> and he said, yeah, I do. <laughs> that, you know what? He was brilliant and never, ever had a crossword with him. He was, was fabulous, really. Because I wonder whether players have banter with you because you've become almost one of the unofficial kings of the football memes at the minute across social media. There is a, a famous one of a look that you give to the camera when you're at Blackburn and... Uh, people have put like sultry music over the top of it <laughs> goes through um, there's another one silent where, whisper the silent whisper yeah yeah silent it? whisper and yeah I think the one at Blackburn is the one where um, you kind of jump out of nowhere and it looks like you were scared is by it nothing is it Blackburn that yeah. I thought it was here no, but, I, do, I do one of those yeah and I get asked all the time what was it that made you I don't know <laughs> and I always thought it was here and this mob that go on and, and I'm saying this mob because I might be being slightly unfair to, to Looms because it might not have been him but as the referee wanted all the, the training balls kicked off they used to aim at the dugout they used to try and smack into the dugout and, and hit somebody with it <laughs> so if you sat in the dugout the balls would be coming flying and I, I seem to be walking at the back of the dugout and I, all I can think of is if somebody's gone because he would have been like that watch out incoming <laughs> Gaffer yeah. and I've I've done I've done one of them. Is it Blackburn? 
Oh, what's that? That's another one. There's another one in there. <laughs> I had no idea. I th I thought there was one here as well. It's, it's, uh... <laughs> but I, I know they all they all used to kick the balls into the dugout. If you weren't watching, you'd get one right in the hooter. So it was, that's all I can think of. It was a game. They, they used to say, see if they can hit anybody in the dugout. You know? <laughs> Uh, I do love it. I do love those things. But I love that banter. It's great, you know. I wouldn't like it if I got hit with it, but it's... <laughs> it's I was say, the careless whisper is one of the favourite things I've ever seen on the internet. Oh, well, famous for something, eh? Any <laughs> <laughs> um, more questions, then? Just to finish off, just the final one for you. Um, it's what we finish with everybody. What's your proudest moment of being at Wolves? Winning the championship. No question about that. That team that I built and created and pretty much nurtured with TC and got them promoted, that's, that's the proudest moment. Uh, and probably not being stood on the top when, you, when we've done it. You know, there's, there's other times, like going to Barnsley, we won, the, we won it there, didn't we? Nil, 1-1 one, one draw, Kyle Reid scored. All right? So, yeah, everyone's nodding. I'm asking, everybody's nodding. I'm, I'm having to ask. I, I keep saying 965 games. I've had, I've had nearly six years at Ipswich since with different players and yeah, yeah. who's the banter and all that going on. But uh, but that day, and who's the physio? Who's the physio? It's uh, Mark. Mark the, the, the physios that were there. Oh, my my head. I remember when we, 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 we equalised, we scored, we won the championship and all the fans run on. And... Uh, one fan jumps on me back, but the other fan, what's his name? I should remember. Physio's jumping, he's jumping on me toe. <laughs> and I'm going, I was going mad. Get off, get off. And he's, he thinks I'm celebrating. I'm going like, get off. And he brought me bloody toe. Yeah, again, winning the championship, it has to be. That was, that, uh, that was brilliant. Especially when, you consider when, and then I, you consider when I came in, we were expected to get relegated. I had about 10 players, 11 players, get a million quid to spend, build a team. We finish, what did we finish? Sixth, fifth, finishing the playoffs, then we finished seventh. And that was, and, and Steve had come in then, and people are thinking, oh, they're not doing as well as they should do, and I might get the tin tack at that term. Yeah. And fair play to Steve. He came in and invested in Christoph Perra, Steve Morgan invested in Christoph Perra and Sylvan Ebanks Blake, made a hell of a difference to our squad. And then the the season that we had then and winning it, yeah, it was it, it, that that's a success. Staying in the Premier League, very proud twice, but winning it was brilliant. Thanks for listening to the Old Gold Club, powered by Wolverhampton Building Supplies. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review and rating from wherever you get your podcasts. 